Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Urban Pitch Podcast. Uh, today we have pro soccer player Yael Avery Bush. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, how did I do on uh, pronouncing your that name? Was, by that way? was really good. I'm what? I've were? gotten some very okay. bad pronunciations before. That was like up there with one of the best. Really good. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. My teacher was uh, you actually. <laughs> oh. Well, that's good. Oh yeah, the YouTube. I did. I watched oh, okay. the YouTube. I, that's yeah. why I made it. <laughs> I watched the YouTube video and I practiced uh, quite a bit. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, so I made sure that the pronunciation it, it uh, was on off. point. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So, uh, in case you were wondering, uh, I'm not Jewish. I, I was wondering that. Okay. <laughs> but I play on a team right here. I don't know if you can see oh, it right here. Oh, Shalom Tigers. Shalom Tigers. Nice. I wore this jacket specifically yeah, for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I don't know why. It's a Korean team, but our team name is called Shalom Tigers. <laughs> it's good to mix the cultures. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, how? Um, yeah, so people have trouble uh, pronouncing your name, though, right? Yeah, I get a lot of different attempts, and mm-hmm. usually if they're, someone's like reading a list and stumbling on the name, I'm just like, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so then how do they pronounce your name, like a first name? Uh, Yael, mm-hmm. Yael, Yale, Yael, yeah, all kinds of yeah. things. So it's actually, I think, once you actually look at it and hear the two syllables, yeah. Yael, it it's not easy. complicated at yeah, all, yeah. but when they see it, I think it just throws them off. Yeah, me too. Well, speaking of Yale... Uh, don't you have the? Do you still have the? You still have the the NCAA record for the fastest goal? You know, it's funny timing uh-huh. because someone actually just beat it. Um, Are you serious? Somebody, they went, so, they beat that record. Yeah. So wow. my record was that I scored in four seconds. Right. And some a female college player recently scored in three seconds. Okay. I saw the video. A lot of people tweeted it to me. Wow. Okay. I was a little mad because yeah. I can't really go back and try to beat her again. Yeah. Yeah. So, but hers is pretty sick. I think I didn't drive the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Mine's more lofted, so that's why okay. I got four seconds. So then, yeah, okay. So how did you score, uh, you know, in four seconds in a college game? Yeah, so actually the game before, my mm-hmm. assistant coach of my team was, was yelling at me before the game, shoot it, shoot it. Okay. I was like, be quiet. I know I'm a midfielder. I need to shoot in the game. Yeah. Like, stop talking to me. And then at halftime, he was saying, no, the goalkeeper was way off our line. Shoot okay. it from the kickoff. So I was like, oh, this could be embarrassing. But okay. the next game, I looked up and I saw she was a little bit off her line. Right. It was against Yale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just shot it straight from the kickoff. And okay. it, when it left my foot, I was kind of yeah. like, wow, that was Felt it. not as bad as I thought uh-huh. it was going to be. Right. And then it sailed in over her head. So. Yeah, be- yeah, because um, so then like your teammate just tapped it right to you and then you just took a no, you blasted no it? it. No actually. one touched it. Yeah, no one touched it. Which that's you know why what? I'm like, I'm how did even, someone you know, beat that? Beat that. I know. But. You know what? I'm kind of uh, okay. You're right because uh, you just the first touch has to be forward, yeah. right? But no one says you have to touch it first yeah. before it goes in, and right? I it's a direct. Think, right? I think it's direct, but yeah. even so, I, she might have, might have like, touched it, touched a little, even, yeah, even, even if it so, wasn't. But I, but I think, think it is it's direct. direct. Yeah. Well, you better know you're a pro. Well, I don't usually <laughs> go for that kind of shot I know, right? in the beginning. Yeah. Actually, now I play center back, so mm-hmm. I'm not even near okay. that. <laughs> so how does that happen uh, against Yale? Shouldn't they be smarter than that? Like you know. I mean, I guess they were, maybe she was focusing on her studies and her mm. things she had for a test the next <laughs> right, day. Or right, right, yeah. I don't know. Soccer might have been like number two, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right. So then you played for uh, UNC, though, right? Yes. Okay. How was that? Um, that was awesome. That was my dream ever since I was really young okay. to play for the legendary Anson Dorrance. Uh-huh. Um, so it was great, and it was um, you know I did what everyone says not to do. I went mm-hmm. to college just for the soccer program. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I ended up loving it. I love yeah. Chapel Hill, where the school is based. I and see. Everything about it. I so really people love. say don't go to a specific school just because you like that soccer program, but yeah. make sure you enjoy everything yeah, else about it. Yeah, they always say it. that okay. in the recruiting process. Like yeah. pick a school based on everything, right. not just the soccer. And I did 
I had to pick just as a soccer. And it was, and it, but then you ended up loving oh, it, right? Because yeah. campus I, is I great. Lucked out. Yeah, what is, what was, what was, you know, what'd you like about it? Like, um, I, I've been there and I visited. It's yeah. an awesome campus. Yeah, it's, but so is Duke. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, I feel like every college campus is beautiful. Okay, yeah, so. that's true. But just um, the people I met, the experience, mm-hmm. the classes I took, um, living in Chapel Hill, everything about it, just uh-huh. I really enjoyed. It was right. nice too. The, the winters weren't as bad as New Jersey, so yeah, I was yeah. just, I loved everything about it. Okay. Well, you probably didn't know this, but I also I played at UCLA. For four oh, years, I, yeah. No, I didn't know. Well, well, not for the team, but just yeah. like on campus, you know, oh, okay. like, like during classes, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay, that's a little misleading. Yeah, 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 okay. Well, I mean, you know, are, are you looking down on my soccer career? No, no, no. I just didn't, <laughs> my, I didn't know what my, to make of it. No, it was very that, competitive you know? IMs, all right? Don't get yeah. me wrong. Oh, and then I was I able to it. parlay that into a very successful uh, Saturday amateur career as oh, well. Yeah, that's which impressive. I still, you know, try to play once yeah. in a while. Yeah, no, that's yeah. <laughs> so how did you, uh, you know, how did you get started? Like, you know, into so you started at a young age, right? Yeah. Well, I started when I was seven, which I guess nowadays that's like. Old. It is kind of. It is kind of <laughs> yeah. late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my best friend in school at the time played on a team, and she asked me if I'd come watch her game. And mm-hmm. actually, that day they needed extra players, okay. but I was really, really shy, and they asked right. me to play, and I was like, no, I don't know anything okay. about this sport. But then it looked like fun, so my dad actually signed me up for the next season. And I started okay. playing. Then. This was for you said you uh, school. She was playing for school, or she no, was it was just for like team? the local rec rec okay. league in New Jersey where I grew up. It was yeah. yeah. I played for the Orange team. That was my first team, the Orange okay. Bullets. Okay. Shout out to the Orange Bullets. Yeah, Are they still around? Bullets. By the way, uh, I don't know if any team is called the Orange Bullets. They might have like <laughs> retired the team. Yeah, they make it more like the Euro centric type names yeah. now, right? Like FC whatever. FC Orange yeah. Bullets. I don't know. <laughs> So then uh, you went from that to, what, like high school and then, you know? Yeah, actually, I, I played on a boys team mm-hmm. a couple years after I started playing because I think I, I became really serious about it. Yeah, I think, like, that's, com- I think that's a common story for, like, uh, high-level elite uh, female players, like, today, yeah. right? Like, they started back then. It wasn't as formulated, right? It wasn't as structured. So they yeah. all started kind of playing against the guys, right? Yeah, and right? I think it's different today. Like you mm-hmm. said, I think that a lot of people in kind of my age range played on a boys team at yeah. some point. Um, and I was the only girl on the boys team, which okay. is it was around middle school years, so it was really, really awkward socially. <laughs> but a lot of people today now have very elite uh, club teams for girls, right. so they ECNL don't do that as much. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which is is wonderful, and also though miss out on a little bit of the very oh. awkward social part. <laughs> yeah. Do you is that something that you think uh, they can find value in and and going through some awkward moments still? Um, well, I don't know about the awkward moments. Yeah. I could have done without those, but I think okay. um, you know being uncomfortable and playing in a situation that was a little bit above my level. Okay. You know, at, at my best, I was going to be average on the team, okay. um, which is what I wanted. I wanted a challenge. I think there's something to be said for that, mm-hmm. um, that challenging environment, whether it's playing with boys, older girls, just showing up and guest yeah. playing for teams. Yeah. The more environments you can find yourself in as a player, I think, the better. So I, I definitely had plenty of those in very, very um, uncomfortable situations. Okay. <laughs> And then, so how did you, how did you, because I've looked into your, you know, I, you know, I did a little research okay. and all that, you know, so, and you made like every, uh, you know, national team starting from, what was it, like you, uh, what was it? Yeah, I think the first like one was like U14, yeah. then U16. So you got a late start, like how did you, so how does a, a one go from, you know, playing on her friend's team to making the national, you know, the U14 team or? Yeah, know? I think, well, when I was growing up playing and where I was playing, I didn't feel like I got a late start really, I, mm-hmm. and from the time. So when I was about nine, I became really serious. I know that sounds ridiculous because mm-hmm. I was pretty young. But um, when I was nine, I decided I wanted to be a professional soccer player. And okay. then shortly after that is when I, well, with the help of my parents, found this boys team to play on. Right. And from that point, I was doing whatever the best of the best was in the area that was offered. So whether it was extra training sessions, individual coaches, mm-hmm. training on my own, practicing the things they showed me. 
all of that I really started to do a lot of. So by the time I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, I was um, competing with some of the best in, in my area. And then okay. we, we got to do the U14 national team camp, which was pretty fun. Okay. And how was that experience like? How is it competing against, you know, such a high level, you know, like an elite level as a kid? Is there a lot of pressure, you know? Like, um, how's that? I have no idea. Yeah. My pressure at you, it was like trying to make the AOISL all-star team, you know what I mean? So, like, you hey, know, that's let, pressure. yeah, that is that's pressure. pressure. So let me know how that is, right? Um, yeah, I think for me, I was very, very serious. Well, I still am. Um, and so the big thing for me was the higher level I got to, I was curious, like, who else was out there who was equally as serious? Because I knew in my town that I was one of the most serious, one of the better players. That's why I played on the boys' team. And then when, we, when I tried out for the state team, I was thinking, you know, is there some girl from somewhere else in New Jersey who's just so much better than me? Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing, each level I went up, I kind of was thinking, like, okay, is someone, am I going to meet someone from California uh, who is just, like, so much better than me? I'll never be that good. Mm -hmm. So at each point, I remember thinking, like, being a little nervous to see what was out there and then realizing, like, there were definitely players who had certain strengths that I didn't have, and then there were things that I could do that other players couldn't do. So I kind of, I got a feel for what was out there and what was expected at that age group right. in the country. So what, what were some of the things that you were good at? Like, you know, you know how you said you had some strengths that other girls couldn't do? What were some of your strengths that you recognized early on? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of the pieces of the game... Your height? That, uh, actually, I wasn't that tall until, you like, later in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I don't say, you were all about yeah. the same height. You're pretty yeah, tall, yeah, right? I'm pretty tall. I'm yeah. like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. Um, no, I was... Until mid middle of high school, I wasn't that tall. I was on the taller side, but that mm -hmm. was never like I wasn't so big, and I was actually like really, really skinny. It was so you're awkward. like a late, late bloomer. Yeah, a little okay. bit. So but it I, wasn't like your size where you were the dominant girl no. out there. Okay. And actually, from playing with boys, mm -hmm. one of my weaknesses was the physical part of the game because I, I pretty much learned how to play the game with no physical contact and mm -hmm. not using speed or strength or anything because I couldn't compete with them on that. So I would play really quickly. I would see the game quickly and kind of release the ball very quickly. Um, which was one of my strengths. And I think all the things that that you can control as a player with the ball at your feet, all the technical aspects of the game, um, I was, and I still am very two-footed, um, striking the ball, first touch, all of that um, have been my strengths over the years because that's the part of the game that you can really control as a player. And I would spend, I would spend hours and hours, and I still do, just with the ball, kicking off a wall, juggling, dribbling. Practicing. So was it, was it mostly kind of you on your own? Because, you know, nowadays there's like – you know, tons of club coaches out there and teams and so many different levels and all that. You know what I mean? Was it, were you involved in like, uh, you know, getting like private coaching or anything like that? Yeah, or? at first I had some really good mentors, um, local coaches who kind of took an interest because I was so serious and they would, they would work with me. So I was very fortunate to have that. Um, but I also took what they showed me back home with me. And like, if I, they showed me something I couldn't do, I would make sure I didn't show up again at the next session before I could do it. So I had a little bit of the drive and spent a lot of time on my own, but I definitely had the support that of people showing me what to practice on my own. Right, right, okay. And so uh, you've uh, played on the U.S. Women's National Team for quite a few years now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've ha I have 26 caps. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I haven't been part of the team in these most recent years, mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely got a fair share of opportunities and was part sure. of the team for, you know, six, seven years on and yeah. off. Just kind of always a bubble player, though, which was pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Are you still, is that still a goal of yours? Uh, it's still a goal of mine. I'm I'm 29 now, though, so I don't know if that's a, a possibility, but it's that's always a goal of mine. Now, right. Having played there at all, it's always, the level's always in my mind is where I want to be, right. so can't get rid of that. Sure, sure. And right now, you still play uh, pro, obviously, in the U.S., right? You play for FC Kansas City. Yep. Right? How's your season this year and, you know, your, your, the overall dynamic, you know? Yeah, I, I love playing for Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, of all my professional experiences, I would probably say it's been the best one. Really? Now it's, I've, it's 
my seventh professional season that just okay. passed. So um, we actually, which is saying a lot because we actually didn't do well as a team mm -hmm. this year. Um, we had a, a younger team, a bunch of players retired. We had a couple pregnancies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. Shout out to Sydney yeah, LaRue, yes. right? <laughs> Thank you, Sydney LaRue and Amy Rodriguez for that. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so we had a, we had a young team and okay. a lot of new pieces, and right. we we were pretty average, I would say, in terms of results. We mm -hmm. we had a whole um, you know a lot of ups and downs. All right. But I I really appreciate the coach there, Vlako Andonovsky, mm -hmm. um, and I think like for me the environment he creates mm -hmm. and the the training sessions stuff are so good there that we all still really enjoyed the season, right. even though we're we're at home now and the playoffs are mm -hmm. going to be going on. So. Right, right. So then, and, and Heather O'Reilly, right? She's yes. our teammate, right? Yes. She just retired, though, right? She just retired yeah. uh, from the national team. Oh, so, from the national yeah, team. Okay. She wants to make sure that that's very clear. Okay, so um, let's yes. make sure. Yes. So Heather O'Reilly still playing soccer. She's still playing soccer, just team. not on the national yeah. team. Okay. And then usually, how does that work? Why? Where um, is it usually kind of a voluntary thing where you know based on like time constraints and whatnot and you get older or whatnot you know what I mean how's that work or is it something that's kind of like a mutual thing with the the you know the team coming down um I think it can work in a variety of ways depending mm -hmm. on the player Heather um is definitely not afraid of a challenge and mm -hmm. with all the new players coming in she was still you know fighting for her spot um and I think she just felt that this is good timing for her personally you know the next major tournament is four years away so for her to push that hard and that much for another the next four, four years. year cycle I think was was not really, you know, she's she's had a wonderful career. I think it was like enough for her in terms of that. But yeah, I think depending on the player, it can happen in a variety of ways. Right. So and and you know how you said earlier um, how you've uh, played in a lot of different pro teams and countries, right? And and I think that's kind of typical, right? Especially for like if you if as a female professional soccer player, um, as a U.S. female soccer player, right? Uh, and you really want to play and continue to play at that elite high level. You have to, like, if you look at most of their careers, right, they've all been all over the place, right? It's not yeah. like, it's unheard of to kind of be like six years old. It just doesn't happen, right? Yeah, that's tough. I, I yeah. think that, especially for, the, for those of us who have been playing for a while, um, mm -hmm. there was a gap between the last league, the WPS, right. and right. this current league, the mm -hmm. NWSL, where the, the last league folded. Right. And we had a year where a year we off, didn't have basically, a league. Right. So a lot of players went overseas in that time, including right. myself. Uh, I played in Russia for a month which yeah. is a whole other story. Right. That was a very bad experience. Okay. And then I played in Sweden for a year and a half, which was wonderful. Okay. Um, is it I, based on, it sounds to me like, like I'm, without knowing yeah. the, the context, it sounds like weather might be a part of it, because Sweden uh, and culture, or what was it? You know? Well, weather in Sweden is actually pretty bad, too. Okay. Um, but just, yeah, long story, but basically, um, my Sweden is a lovely place to live. Like, everyone's so friendly, and it was a very easy place to be. In Russia, um, there, there were a bunch of political situations with the team that I went to play for going on, so I think that affected my experience. It was just a very um, very jarring experience, and I, I realized that I need to actually look into where I'm going and not just be offered a contract and be like, sure. okay, I'm on the plane. Right. So it was one year, one year in both countries? Uh, yeah. Well, no, it was, I spent one month in Russia. Then oh, one month. Okay, and that's then enough. I, to I decompressed it at home <laughs> for a little, and then okay. I went to Sweden for a year. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good experience in Sweden after that. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of players, so the players who are part of both leagues obviously had that gap year and had mm -hmm. to go find playing opportunities. And then I would say that there's there's a lot of turmoil in the league. Mm -hmm. um, and there was in the last league between teams folding, which thankfully that hasn't happened in this yeah. league. And it's I think this, yeah, it's a lot more stable yeah, now, Yeah, this league right? is looking really good. There yeah. are expansion teams. But really, yeah. um, it's hard as a professional player when 
you put so much into it and sometimes um, you know financially and for other reasons it's not fulfilling so I think players skip around a lot they are always looking for a, a better opportunity right. where maybe a they bigger better better. deal right yeah exactly. yeah you well, have to survive I'm not right a bigger deal but better, <laughs> better deal, deal better deal maybe right so it's like uh, with uh, women's soccer and like the leagues for example like WPS right they had uh, was it uncapped salaries? It wasn't uncapped, was it? I know was it was extremely salary, high. There was a salary cap. I there was a team salary. There was a, there was, there was a team salary yeah, cap. Yeah, there was a team salary were cap. Were there individual player salary caps as well? Um, there probably were, but then they were. They had well, like I these. Think to, to make the team salary cap, you had like. Mm -hmm. it, I think you have to kind of cap the individuals. Mm -hmm. I know that the national team players in that league were being right. paid by the league. Right. So there were some stipulations on on a minimum and maybe a maximum for national team players okay. and then for everyone else. But, yeah, I would say the salary cap in that league wasn't anything huge. Yeah, the it salary cap itself wasn't high. It's just in comparison to, like, the strict yeah. controls that they have in place with yeah. NWSL now, If in comparison, like, it's extremely high, right? Yeah, exactly. So now yeah. that seems like luxury. Literally. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, well, yeah, overall, yeah, you're right. It wasn't, like, you know, obscene. Or they're not getting no, NBA salaries, I mean, and right? Not yeah, anything yeah. like that. Exactly. But definitely now they're being a lot care more careful to mm -hmm. make sure that um, the finances are kept very, very strict and in check, which right. is, it's tough for us as players, but I think we see that to make it work, we have to do right. that, so. Yeah, because one of the, like, the high-profile teams uh, for uh, WPS, right, was, like, the Los Angeles Soul, yeah. right? And they had uh, star players on there, like Marta yeah. and a few others, right, that were getting pretty, relatively high salaries in comparison to the rest of the league, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of uh, people look as that as an example of one of the reasons why that team folded yeah. and the league eventually folded, right? Yeah, I think there were just a number of teams that didn't have the, the long-term picture. Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened with LA, but that was mm -hmm. the first team to fold. And I remember right. that kind of shook the league because then everyone exactly. realized like, oh, if we don't do this right, it might not be here. And then a couple other mm -hmm. teams folded over the next couple of years. Right. And it, it was just a, a scary situation as a player to never know if your team was going to exist. Yeah. I mean, most people think like the Los Angeles sold, the salary and all that financial issues is the reason why I folded. I think partic uh, personally it's because you guys beat them in the finals yeah, and they were devastated. Like, we're <laughs> they are like, oh, forget They're like, this team beat us? Okay, we got Right. Yeah, you guys beat them 1-0 in the finals, right? Yep. Yeah, in the championship, right? Yeah, I think actually Heather, Heather might have scored the goal. Okay. I'll have to look into the yeah, highlights. Yeah, I forgot who scored the goal. But okay. Yeah, that was funny. Um, basically... We were not very good all season, and yeah, we had like five different huge coaches. underdog uh, coming yeah. into the game. And we had never, so we had in the playoffs, we had never beaten um, DC in the whole season, and we had them in the first round of the playoffs. And the way the playoffs worked is that um, if you win, so the I think it was the fifth and fourth team play, play against then each if other. You, the winner plays the third, the winner plays the second, who plays the first, something like that. Maybe okay. I started one. <laughs> right, but it's like but, you have yeah. to win uh, three games. Yeah. Okay. So three the games, last yeah. place, the last team to get into the playoff has to win to make it up to the first team. Mm -hmm. So we played DC, who we had never beaten, and uh, beat them. Then we traveled straight to St. Louis, who we had never beaten, beat, beat them. them. So meanwhile, we had all packed like a little right. carry-on bag. We didn't even have stuff to go. Then fly out to LA. That's not, that's not very. Uh, I don't think as a coach they would appreciate that, I right? Know, Seeing everyone just ready to play one game and go home, right? We beat any of these teams. You guys are being like realistic, no right? Okay, no I know. Yeah, I, we're just trying yeah. to be, you know. Yeah. Trying to save, you know, yeah. yeah, time and effort, right? So then we're out in LA and we had never beat them okay. either. And they so, were like, you said, like, yeah, so they were the uh, favorites, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sure like they're supposed to be like the darlings of the league too. Oh, yeah. And, right. They were like definitely going to win. Yeah. But they got a red card early in the game and then we scored. And I was like, right. oh my gosh, we're going to win this one too. Right. And I remember the funniest thing was that 
they had their locker room already covered in plastic with oh champagne. Oh my gosh! That's and we didn't, yeah. we didn't bring champagne. We yeah, were like, yeah. there's no way. We're you guys were scrambling to buy clothes yeah. uh, in, in the mall the exactly. day before, right? Right. So we actually took their champagne for our celebration. Oh, I think. oh wow! I think they like. Uh, allowed like, it yeah here you can. go yeah so yeah. yeah so that was actually hilarious yeah but. so how was the the, uh, the celebration in the locker room um it was pretty funny it was also funny because that was when we found out christy rampone was mm-hmm. pregnant again because mm. she wouldn't uh drink the champagne with us ah that was the tell huh yeah so a lot going on in that locker room so what do you th- what's your thoughts on the whole um you know speaking of like salary and all that you know there's the whole equal pay thing and i've kind of looked into it and because uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that likes to just, uh, instead of kind of peripherally researching, I, I kind of do in-depth stuff. Yeah. And I like, you know, and I enjoy reading and things like that. And I've tried to figure out the real heart of the situation with the salary disparity and the equal pay. And it's not that easy to uh, figure out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, I mean, and then, like, one big part of it is the fact that, like, you were talking about earlier how the U.S. women's national team, how this like, four years away, right? Like, depending on the year, the salary fluctuates like crazy, right? So you can't really compare year to year with men's and women's either, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. It's, like you said, it's kind mm-hmm. of apples and oranges. Right. Um, I think the if you don't read into it, it's a little misleading, I'll be honest, because I think here's the, differ- the main difference in the salary structure. Okay. The, the MLS, or if men play abroad, that is their primary salary per right. year. And then if they get called up to the national team, they get an appearance bonus, essentially, or they get paid for the time they're there. Um, the women's structure is different, in part because there hasn't been a, a strong league for right. women. So there hasn't been a stable league exactly. to be able to provide that kind of uh, minimum guaranteed salary kind of exactly. thing, right? So U.S. soccer has made sure that those athletes who are going to be competing on the world stage um, can be full-time right. athletes, and they have paid... In, right. They're subsidizing um, their income, right? Exactly. They're not even subsidizing. They're paying directly well, they, for their income, right? Are, those athletes are under contract with U.S. Soccer. Right. And that contract includes their club salary. Right. So the, so, so if you're on, like, for example, if you're uh, playing in uh, NWSL that, and you're on the U.S. women's national team, your salary that you're making for your club is paid directly exactly. by the U.S. women's exactly. national team. Exactly, which right? is wonderful right. for our league because it takes off a huge financial burden for the sure. clubs who otherwise would need to yeah. pay the, those star players, and that's a lot right. of money. Okay. Um, so... Yes, the bonus. Stru- so because of that, the bonus structure and everything else, the win bonuses. Um, it's hard to compare the two, right? It's hard are, to compare, right? Yeah, yeah, they're different, and on paper they look very different. But it's just a different world. So I think um, I haven't looked that closely into the the legal argument and stuff. I think that um, there there are obviously discrepancies, and the women's team, because of their success, I think should be absolutely getting equal marketing, equal like a lot of. Um, you know, things need to step up mm-hmm. in U.S. soccer. But I also think it's it can be misleading if you just look at the stats on bonuses and right. don't take into account. The whole right, right. So wh- what do you think about, uh, because it's kind of like, I definitely think uh, it needs to be looked into properly and uh, there needs to be, uh, you know, reward, you know, they need to be rewarded properly, right? Yeah. So and, and that's to be determined if, it, if it's the case or it's not. But one thing that I've, I've also noticed, and you're, you know, obviously you're, you know it, you live it, so you know much better than I do. But like, the average salary for an NWSL player is extremely low. But that's not really um, in the limelight. That's not really discussed either. I feel yeah. like that's kind of just kind of shoved under the side. And then the U.S. Women's National Team salary disparity between the men's national team salary is taking all of the attention. But they're actually paid pretty okay, actually well compared to the rest of their you know, their, yeah. their colleagues, right? And I think that's the kind of the irony when we look at the equal pay argument. Sometimes as players in the league, we're saying, well, like, well, can we get in there in this argument? Yeah. Like, it's not very equal with us. 
Yeah, I think it's tough. I think we all see it as players. We want the league to survive, first and foremost. So we don't want to get paid more at the expense of the league. Right. But at the same time, yeah, like you said, there's a huge gap. And we have um, we have players on our team making $7,000 per year. That's and tough. Yeah, we have an off-season, but it's hard to get a part-time job in the off-season that's going to make up the difference to allow you to live a, a good, stable life. So, yeah, th there has to be room for improvement there. And I think the first thing that can happen is providing a more quality experience. So if you're going to get paid $7,000, you better love what you're doing and feel like you're going to grow and learn and be given opportunities, to, uh, maybe even to take extra classes or continue your education, things like that. I think you're saying if the, if the club can help uh, yeah, that kind of exactly. area. Okay. Or even through U.S. soccer. So actually, sure. um, one major victory we had this year and I'm, I'm working on some of this stuff behind the scenes because mm -hmm. I think it's so important as an older player to kind of push it forward. Um, we actually got U U.S. Soccer is offering coaching courses, like a regular F license, E license, uh, to the NWSL players. And they, they did it in market for us, and they did it free of charge. So right. that's one way that we can start to get our coaching courses, and players can start to um, you know continue their education without having to finance support themselves financially right. to do that right that's that's yeah that'd be great uh, not too long ago we uh, uh, else uh, had a conversation with um, like Kalen Carr you know he does the MLS uh, you know uh, online things and and uh, he was in uh, LA um, and he was filming for LAFC and so they came by our, our place our facility and uh, John Thorrington right he runs LAFC now and those guys are both uh, MLS veterans so I had a we had a brief conversation about how I was like, wow, it's good that the, the, the powers that be in MLS are like, you know, taking care of their own and, and the guys that were kind of the, the pioneers and were there during the rough times, yeah. which I don't think they were getting paid millions or anything like that, right? They're, you know, allowing them and giving them opportunity to, to uh, you know, be part of what's happening now, right? So I thought that was really cool. Hopefully maybe like on the NWSL side or the women's soccer side, they can kind of take that into consideration as well, right? Yeah, Is there so. Yeah, do you see that kind of opportunities from some of the older, you know what I mean, people or uh, the players? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, it's interesting because that we have some players who retire and just want to get away. Yeah, just want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take a breather, take a break. Honest. Yeah, yeah, uh, I could see that. And then I think hopefully the better the experience is, the more players will want to stick around. And that's our hope with the coaching courses, even in the coaching realm. But then there could be, you know, we have people in our league who have studied business, marketing, things that could really be huge contributions if they stay involved. So that's the hope is to keep people involved, even just part-time in addition to whatever else they're doing. Right. So one thing, like, for example, in the other uh, sports, like NBA, I know the WNBA, there's a, a pretty good synergy between the, the men's and the women's side. And so there's, you know, where they're able to leverage uh, different things together. And then they kind of help each other out, right? And definitely the men's game, they uh, have, uh, you know, a, a desire to help the WNBA game, right? Uh, FC Kansas City, are they are they connected to you know Kansas Sporting so League at all? Or? We're yeah. not connected to Sporting. Okay. Um, there are there are some NWSL teams though who are connected to the MLS team, and that I think is a, a really good model. I think that's where our league eventually uh, should be looking to go, and I think is looking to go because it just makes sense. Why not share the facilities, share the marketing, some right. staff, um, and obviously as the NWSL, we could really benefit from that. Uh, we actually had our home opener at. Sporting Park, which is uh, the men's stadium, which was awesome. But other than that, we have we have a good relationship, but not actually business relationship. I see. Interesting. Okay. So what about on the uh, personal front? How's your boyfriend uh, Aaron doing? Yeah, he's good. He loves it out here. Every, <laughs> every time I was like, oh, Aaron, I don't know. I'm 
I don't know. I don't know anyone in LA. He's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's, he's loving working at Fox. He's, he's drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, he loves it here. He's just he's in heaven here. Yeah, he's a he's a transplant as well, then, right? Because he grew yeah. up in he grew up in North Carolina. So he grew up in North Carolina in Chapel Hill, actually. So right. that's where I met him when I was down at school. Shout out to Aaron West yes. for Fox Soccer, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, he's an East Coast guy. Went to Davidson College in North Carolina, and then has been working on the East Coast pretty much. So he always said he wants to live in California for a little bit, but I didn't right. think that was actually going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we met at, uh, actually, uh, we met through him, right? Yeah. I was, uh, Aaron and I both sat on a uh, roundtable discussion with Influencer League for uh, Adidas Mercury Center not too long ago, right? And uh, he's hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a funny guy. Yeah. He, and he's basically, he's loving his job now because he gets to basically watch, write about, and talk about soccer all day, right. which is like his dream world. Right. So. <laughs> I actually follow him on his uh, uh, you know, Instagram, and he, I see his soccer updates, and yeah. I, I follow him on that. But the, you know the funniest thing is his uh, Barbershop Chronicles? Oh, yeah. I think it's hilarious, right? He's having I these, do see those. I'm you glad you those? think it's funny because sometimes I'm like, I hope people think it's funny. Oh, it is hilarious. So he, so for those that you guys don't know, you guys follow you know, A West. You have to look it up, Aaron West. But uh, he has this back and forth thing that he does with his barbershop all the time where He's needing to get a haircut, right? And he's texting his his barber, and his barber's not really responding yeah. in the appropriate manner or at the right time. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? Yeah, it is funny. I think he's actually going for a haircut tomorrow, so maybe there'll be an update on that. Yeah, is he, yeah, and he's always talking about how he has to cheat on his barber, yeah. right? Because he's not, yeah. you know, he's not treating him correctly. Go else. I don't yeah. think he. To be fair, I don't think he has a secondary place, so mm. he could blow his cover on that one. Right. So, so the technique, right? Technique. Am I yeah. pronouncing that right? Technique uh, I think football? it's either technique or techna. Okay, technique or techna. Well, how do you like it? Pronounce I say techna. Techna, all right. Yeah. We'll call it techna. Greek, it's a Greek word. I so. saw the techna, right? Okay. So then tell us what, you know, what that's about. Yeah, so basically, um, I do a lot of individual coaching with players and small groups to show those players the things that really inspired me when I was young. Like I said, the things I would do against the wall or just with, when it was me and the ball. And so I worked with them in person, but then I decided, okay, well, what if I could create a training program where people all over could follow it? And at first I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll make some PDF documents or something. And I was like, no one wants to print out PDF, but everyone has their phone when they go to train. So I've actually worked with a developer and made um, an app called Techno Football that takes players through a weekly technical session. Okay. So then uh, it's uh, a down an app, right? You download. Is it free? or? Yeah. So... No, a lot of people have been asking. It's not available in the App Store. Right now it's just okay. a web app. Okay. So basically anyone can go to, to the web app. You okay. can, um, you What's can the website? The URL? website is technofootball.com. So okay. T-E-C-H-N-E-F-U-T-B-O-L. Right, the old school. F-U-T-B-O-L. Yeah. Technofootball. Technofootball.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, people try to download it from the App Store. You can't do that. Basically, if you sign up, it's subscription-based. Mm -hmm. So you have to basically get a membership to the training program. And then you're sent your unique login to sign in through the through the website. Then then functions like an app on the phone. Okay. And then once you sign up, it, how many? So you said it's like a weekly training. Yeah. Uh, so is there are there like daily skills that you do, or how does that work? So right now it's just the weekly session, and basically I designed it so that players, if you have nothing going on, you can do it. You can do it every day. Every day, if you right. want, or you know, a lot of people have busy schedules. Okay. You can, it's divided into three 10-minute um, sessions okay. or sections that you can, if you're just like, okay, I have 10 minutes to warm up before my practice, okay. you could do it like that. Um, and I actually, on Instagram though, we have a daily skill of the day. Okay. So people can actually send in themselves doing the skill of the day and then feature right. them. So that's kind of a fun side piece, but that's okay. not um, really part of the training program. So the training is more skills-based focus? Yeah, it's all technique-based um, skill training that really all you need is 
you a ball, a wall, and sometimes like a couple cones. I actually call them markers because like I use water bottles, I use whatever I have. Sure. How did you and uh, so like if I'm looking into the training, uh, how how did you develop it? Who's what's the 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 brains behind it? Yeah. So basically, I've compiled all the things that I've done over the years and that I've been shown by coaches from all around the world. That was one really cool thing. As a kid, I was coached by people from Peru, Turkey, Argentina. Um, like Holland everywhere. So I basically compiled all these ideas and all the things I do and I have mapped out a training session each week. Each week. I've, I pretty much tried to map out what it would be for like a year, but mm -hmm. it will continue. And um, everybody, whenever you start, you're doing the same session as everyone else who's doing the program. So it's not like it starts from week one and progresses. Um, that's one cool thing. So if you started today, there's some pro players out there actually doing it. You know that you're doing the same session as them that week. I see. So you just jump right in. You can get yep. started. Yeah. Okay. Do you have to have a, a certain uh, base level of <laughs> skills before you can, so, you know, start? It, there's a. It's pretty much um, usable by a, ve a very beginning player. Okay. Uh, all the way up to pro, and that's I've tried to design it. That's where I would say my expertise kind of comes in. I've tried to design something that. A, real, real beginner could do and still enjoy as well as a pro player. But obviously if you see, I share some videos of the pro players doing it and you could see how efficiently and quickly they're doing the skills. Um, I'm assuming you'd be up there with the pros. The right, right, yeah. okay. And so is it, is it you that's doing the uh, the drills and showing them how to do it? Um, I've done some of the demos. Okay. Uh, I've gotten some friends to do some as well. I want, well, one, it was a lot, a lot of videoing and a lot of work. Sure. Um, but also I wanted to show people that, you know, it's not just, it's not just me. This is for yeah. everyone. So I have some guys, girls, young, old. Is, do you have Aaron doing anything? Aaron actually is Good. There doing I want to see yeah. the one that he's yeah, on. Yeah, he, his right foot was a little bit of an issue because he's very left-footed. Oh, he's left-footed. But if you watch okay. his left-footed demos, right. they're very good. Okay, good to know. So then maybe you can reverse the, the video yeah, on the yeah, right exactly. foot, right? So that no one do. knows. That's a good idea. That. Right. <laughs> awesome. What do you think about the whole, uh, like the Colin Kaepernick? Have you been following that at all, the news? Yeah, and, I right? have. I Starting say, to bleed over a little bit into the soccer world, right? Yeah, so Megan okay. Rapino has, has kneeled. For the national anthem and it was really really big news when she actually did that at a national team game wearing the crest right so i'm going to be honest i have not um i haven't read into it a lot i'm i'm a little behind on uh current events and i need to be better about that but i mean i i really do respect people taking a stand against you know something that they you know they they believe is not right in our country um I can't really speak to it more than that, to be honest, because I haven't read enough into it. And I haven't actually read if, if Megan Rapinoe, that's that's what I focused on most, because that's obviously my sure. little soccer world. Um, I haven't spoken to her about it personally or read if she's put out a personal statement about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's a pretty like, outspoken gal, right? She is. So you know her is. personally? Yeah, I know yeah. her personally. I know all those players personally, and I, sure. I haven't talked to her about it. I'm sure she's getting bombarded. Um, I think she's. She said to somebody I know that she didn't realize it was going to blow up like this, which oh, I have no. to believe. You have to know that's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty high profile, <laughs> yeah. and and that's a very hot topic, yeah. right? That's Especially wearing right the national team crest. I think right. that that is a big, right. a big statement. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm curious to see. Um, you know, my thought on it is I I respect, I respect taking a stand, but it's like when do, you, what's the end game kind right. of or like when. What do you do? Do you do that yeah. forever? Because to be honest, what's the country, next step, right? Our country is far. Like we're gonna need to make improvements, absolutely, but there's not going to be a solution at any point mm -hmm. with an end point. So I'm curious what will happen, you know, mm -hmm. as it goes on. I see. So what's uh, what are you up to? You know, now that the season's over, right? What do you what are you doing? You know, you're here in LA for a little bit. You said, right? Yeah. So I'll be here in LA. Um, 
really, I do a lot. Of, I do actually more training in the off season than I do in the season. Okay. I don't have to be rested for any games. You have so. like a local trainer. Uh, so I have um, Chris Gores. Big shout out to him. He All has right. been awesome um, and influential in my career. I've worked with him for the past couple off seasons. He's based in the DC area, but he's sending me a program. I actually just got it and printed it out yesterday. Um, so I'll be doing his workouts still in the gym, and then really just um, hopefully getting a pickup crew together. And I, I love to play small sided in the off season and doing um, some work with the ball. But yeah, a lot of focus on on the athletic side of the game in the off season. That's where I really try to try to push myself because it doesn't matter if I'm sore. Right. Where do you uh, get some games in, like pickup games? Uh, you yeah. Know, we so, had we had a girl. You know, Sha I don't know Shauna Gordon. Yeah, she plays yeah. for. Uh, Sky Blue FC, right? Yeah, if she's and, around, I gotta get in touch with her. Yeah, and she comes to our facility, and that's how nice. we first met. And she says, and one of the things was she was saying was really hard to get in good games yeah. off season. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Well, she's we all over the place. Yeah, trying to find sure. it. What about we for you? I would say it's not it's not a game like an eleven cent yeah. game for sure. But we um, in the DC area where I was living last off season, we had a group that was like six v six, seven v seven, sometimes even nines, and we play in a small field, so there's a lot of touches, and we had a really high level group. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna work with um, some people in the area and some of the players I know who are around. I'll have to get in touch with Shauna, but uh, just to assemble our group, hopefully we can at least have four before. So this is more of like a, a private, private uh, uh, closed session. Yeah, of, like, pretty, is it pros only, or what? It's you know, it sounds pro. to me like if I show up, you're gonna, I'm not gonna get a game. We have to put you through a tryout. First <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if I show up, like, hey, yeah, yeah, and you're gonna be like, you know, I feel like I'm not gonna get any touches. <laughs> it's in actually this. funny. I. We were using the um, the Nike training app to okay. do our pickup group, yeah, yeah. and it, we had it as a private group, so it was just the way we, we would all tell each other if we were coming or not. Okay. By accident, one time I made the game public. Okay. So we had a couple of people show up and like sketchily be looking out from their car and stuff, and then they left. <laughs> they were like, uh, I don't <laughs> they, know. What they, they, you're right. It was a little too. Was it too intense? I don't or was know. It? I don't know what they saw that they didn't like. Yeah. Maybe they saw girls playing. Play? I don't know, mm -hmm. but we were like, okay, I guess you know, not make it public again. Oh wow, that's funny. So then, where where do you get to uh, get your touches in in games? Is it mostly like at parks or what do you do? Yeah, I try. I um, I'm living in Marina del Rey, so I've basically been driving around looking for fields. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've, there's an elementary school really close by that I've been um, just going to the last few days. But yeah, I try to find. I need to find a good wall. That's my thing. So of a wall, <laughs> it's all about finding a wall. Yeah, yeah I know because a lot of the, the training, wall right? Is yeah, the best training partner. Okay, it's reliable. Didn't know that. It will show up every day. <laughs> That's very um, true. It doesn't mess up on sending it back to you. Right. So I do a lot of um, a lot of training using. Who would have thought it'd be so hard to find a wall in LA? Huh? Well, I'm sure there are some, but I don't want to. I can't use like a building. Like yeah, you don't want to be bouncing off of yeah. like so the guy's yeah. living room the entire time, right? Exactly. Okay, so I, it's <laughs> a little discretionary in the wall. Right. Maybe those uh, like uh, handball courts or you know like the yeah, right in the that. parks. I know. I need to find one with where they let soccer players show there. up and do it. And like an outdoor racquetball court would be. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So if anyone knows one, please. Yeah, <laughs> let, let us know, right? <laughs> Uh, so how about um, like futsal? Have you ever played futsal yeah. and, and street soccer? You know. So I have. I absolutely love it. I would say I've never played futsal with the with the right rules. Okay. So I'm a little. Um, I'm a little more the informal kind of just like yeah, no I line. Are you playing lines or how are you doing it? Yeah. Uh, no, usually lines, but I just okay. play it like soccer with kick-ins. Okay. Um, love playing futsal. Love playing street soccer, and that's kind of to be honest. We play on a field in the off season, but that's kind of what our pickup group is like. Mm -hmm. um, it's small sided, very. Um, Loose rules we play with, but just to get a lot of touches, and I think you know that's sometimes almost even more fun than the real game. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're definitely gonna have to come out once we have our facility in downtown. Oh, I'll be LA. there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there every day. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll make it a private maybe. Yeah, yeah private group. <laughs> private you have to group. Close down the facility. When yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> so what's uh, next for you in your career? You know, what are you hoping to do? You know, I know you're working hard during the off season. What are you looking to do now? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, like like we said, it's always my goal uh, to get another shot with the national team. Okay. Again, um, as an older player, I think they're going for a younger group, so that may not be possible. But for me, really, now it's about um, feeling the satisfaction of all the work I put in over the years. And I, I found a place in Kansas City where I feel respected and I feel like I can keep getting better um, and feel feel good about what I'm doing. And I think, you know, like anything, there's been struggles. It hasn't been a smooth road for me. I've had teams where I sat the bench. I was struggling to prove myself. And really, at this point, um, I'm very up for working hard and continuing to improve and attack any of my weaknesses as a player. But... I want to play and I want to be an important part of my team. And that's really what I want to feel. So I, I always tell people, people are like, how much longer are you going to play? Um, I, I will not be able yeah. to step away until I feel like I'm not getting better anymore. Right. So, or until I'm like, okay, I'm 45 and I have to have kids. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think as of now, I'm, I'm really enjoying playing in Kansas City. And the training I do in the offseason is really so that I can feel great on the field. I want mm -hmm. to you know, maximize my physical potential so I feel good when I'm playing and be as impactful as I can for my team. So that's really what I'm going for. I see. So it sounds like you're still heavily into it. Have you thought about, uh, like, after life after soccer at all? Have you yeah. given some consideration? Yeah, so basically when I'm developing with Tecna, the, the app and the business in general, I'm hoping will carry me through until, until when I'm done playing and hopefully for many years beyond that. I do want, I want to have a family, I want to have kids, so... I always said I wanted to have kids and keep playing. I don't know how that's going to work if I'm in Kansas City, so that may change. Um, but I definitely want to have a family. I want to continue that business. And then I'm very interested in the development side of things. I don't want to coach a team per se, but I would love to eventually deal with the development structure on the women's side of the game. Right, right. Okay. Maybe from a, like, not from a coaching perspective, but being able to help kind of yeah, with kind the of training. Yeah, kind of the overall system and okay. the training and the expectations at each level. I don't know what it would entail, but that's kind of, that's my interest as opposed to actually coaching the group. Right. Okay, great. So any last words or anything that you would like uh, to talk about, you know? No last words. No, I'm just, I appreciate you having the conversation. I'm excited to see the new facility. When it opens. All right, awesome. I'll be there. Okay, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Urban Pitch Podcast, The Beautiful Game of Life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.